0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. It's Isabel here and today I'll be speaking with Danielle Curtis, a barrister, activist and entrepreneur. Danielle studied politics and international relations at UCD before completing her master's in common law and going on to study at King's Inns. She was called to the bar in 2020. She's had a brilliant and varied career so far, currently working at Mercy Law Resource Centre, a free legal advice clinic. On top of all this, she recently founded Legal Diaries a business aimed at helping small businesses navigate their way through the law. Today, I am delighted to be speaking with Danielle Curtis. Thank you, Danielle, for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so weird being on the other side because I have a podcast myself, so it's really odd being on the the other side in the hot seat, but thanks so much for having me.
0: No pressure on me now to ask the right questions. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, where I want to start is going back to when you were in school and you were deciding what you wanted to study I think this is really cool because it's the first time at the grad life legal um, series have interviewed someone who didn't study law as their undergrad so tell Ah. us what you studied and why you decided that that was what you wanted to study
1: yeah so flashback many moons ago to 19 year old me so I was 19 when I was doing my leaving search and I'd had, well, first things first, so when I was 16, and um, so flashback even, even further, um, I lived overseas for six months in Kenya and I did quite a lot of developmental work. So that really kind of secured my passion for human rights and wanting to, to do something um, with people to, to assist them to realise their rights. I didn't know at that time what that would look like, but then moving forward then to leaving cert year um, i like many students was filling out my ceo and i had put law down um but then i had like this really big panic at my change of mind and i was like what if i don't want to law and then i'm i'm like i'm doing this so i actually changed my ceo at the last minute and i'd always liked politics and i just always found it fascinating so i decided to do politics and international relations in UCD and I did a minor in modern languages because I'd always loved languages um so yeah that's kind of just how I ended up in politics um I loved the course um it definitely gave me a lot of freedom to get involved in university life um and it also like I wouldn't, if, if I had gone to law straight away, I would have, wouldn't would have studied abroad probably. And I studied abroad as part of the year because it was a BA international program. Um, and as a part of that year, I took part in model UN at university level, which I never would have done if I hadn't have gone overseas. And that kind of more and more doing things like that or debating and, and other kind of things like mooting cemented my, okay, I'm ready to go do law now. Um, so I decided to go the kind of the backwards route in so I did a master's in common law in UCD which is 11.9 course um, it essentially so it acts as a conversion so it's a two-year master's full-time um, and it acts as a conversion for anyone who hasn't done law previously the difference between that and the diploma at King's Inns is the diploma is a level six or seven I think whereas if, if I got to the end of this and I decided I didn't want to do law, um, at least I would have a master's. So I was like, OK, well, I'm still progressing in my education. So, yeah, um, it just it always stuck with me. And then during my master's, I then made the decision what route to go. So obviously I went the barrister route. Um, But yeah, it was like, it was like a niggling thing that stuck with me from like the age of 16. Um, And I don't regret doing politics or doing a different undergrad because I think I gained a really big skill set. And I think doing the entrance exams was a lot easier. Well, I don't want to say easier, but comparatively to an undergrad so if you were to go sit the entrance exams and um, just a, you've done a four-year law degree it's in subjects that you would have studied in first year whereas like I was kind of I was older I, I was probably more nerdier. I wasn't like going out like I was in my first year of college and um, and I was kind of more head in the books because it was a master's as well so I think it definitely benefited me Like I was more mature when it came to learning the law Um, and I'm really grateful for that but yeah so I got there in the end. Took a lot of detours but we got there.
0: And where did you study abroad during the undergrad?
1: Uh, In Belgium. So I was in Brussels in Université Libre de Bruxelles. So I was there for a year. Um, It was amazing like anyone obviously the current pandemic doesn't really allow a lot of people to be able to study abroad but if anyone ever has the opportunity even to go overseas after they finish their studies to do like a stage or or something else like I would 100% recommend it. Yeah I learned so much and I was doing politics so I actually did my dissertation that year because I could elect to do it and I did it on it was a topic surrounding the European Union so I got to do that in like the heart of the European Union so I got to like go in and like interview commissioners and do all that kind of stuff um, which I wouldn't have got to do um, had I stayed at home in Ireland so and I probably like I probably wouldn't have opted to do a year abroad had it been kind of integrated into my program.
0: Yeah, it's I was just when you said Brussels, I was like, what a what a dreamland for someone who's studying politics and interested in law. Yeah,
1: it was so like it, the the best time ever. And like there I did some kind of law modules over there as well. So that was interesting. Um because I've kind of during my undergrad I always did at least kind of one elect over Horizons module in law. Yeah, know it was it was it was really good. So I definitely recommend for for anyone listening post pandemic maybe to to do a year abroad if they can.
0: Um, so what else did you get up to in university outside of studying?
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> so I was for anyone not from UCD listening. Uh, I don't know if many UCD people tune in, or if it's not common in Trinity. So we, I was a university hack. I don't know if that if that's a familiar term in Trinity. So I was involved in everything like in the university so from first year I would have been kind of involved in the students union second year I became more and more involved I was a rep with the students union then I became like vice auditor, staff so treasurer for the arts society then I did my year overseas and when I came back um UCD had never had a model UN team so the competition that I went to was in New York and I actually still staffed competition as a staff member now UCD had never gone over so I founded a UCD team when I came back which is really exciting so I brought I think there was like 25 of us in total over to New York to compete in the competition and then in my final year of my undergrad I ran for sabbatical officers so I was education officer for UCD Students Union which is pretty much the equivalent to what it is in in Trinity uh,
0: Students Union. I think your university experience is really interesting because well you took a really good path to law anyway because when students go and study law they're so blind because you don't do it in school and it's it's often so different yeah I think and then you spoke about um your debating as well and your United Nations and obviously that like sets you up really well for a barrister um and yeah. then you were so you you then um finished all of your university and went to King's Inns And then I'm going to ask you the question I ask every barrister, why not just become a solicitor? Um, Personally, I
1: thought that I had a skill set that was best suited to your barrister. Um, Now, I had spent, so when I was in um, King's, no, sorry, when I was in the master's in UCD, I, my first year, so we had two years, so it was really competitive for people applying for internships for the summer and stuff like that because we have a more kind of condensed time um, to do everything so I during my first year I started working where I'm working now so I work in Mercy Law Resource Center so I started working there part-time during my master's so I was working directly with solicitors so I got a really good hands-on experience of what a solicitor's day entails in an area of law that I was interested in because that's human rights and public interest so we also had links with barristers, um, so the, who do pro bono work for us. So I just emailed some of them and asked if I could shadow them for a period of time because I was really unsure. I was getting like, and I was going through um, like application after application for, for summer program or for traineeship. And like I was, everyone seems to seem that like I must've got loads of offers. Like I got rejected from so many different offers or from so many different opportunities. But when I went back, when I go back to reflect now, I realized it's because everyone was putting like hours and pouring like so much research into their applications. Whereas I was kind of like, well, this is a, a checkbox that I have to do. So therefore I'm gonna put in all these applications. So yeah, so I had experience working with a solicitor and then I'd also shadowed barristers. And then when it came to my second year, that's when I was like, I don't wanna be a solicitor. I was like, I do not, like my easiest way to describe it is when you are a solicitor, like, and it is a phenomenal profession. Like I've, the solicitors that I've all worked with have been incredible lawyers. But when you go the solicitorate in Ireland, you do your undergraduate degree. It doesn't necessarily have to be a law degree. It can be any level eight um and then you do your fe1 exams so and then you go to Blackhall and you secure a traineeship and you do a 20 you have to do 24 months in a traineeship before you become officially qualified. um i had no interest in that 24 month period at all because i was like well i don't want to work in a firm i don't want to do this so i'll be miserable if i do it um Whereas if you go the barrister route, the difference being you do have to have an approved degree, usually a law degree or say my master's degree or the diploma at King's Inns to sit the entrance exams. You do your year or two years. I did two years part time. And then once you finish and you successfully complete all your um, assessments, you are a qualified barrister and you are called to the role of barristers. So if you want to practice in the courts, you need to do nine months of deviling. Everyone does two years, but you need to do nine months. But now, like I haven't gone down to the courts and practice, but I have a professional qualification in law. I have my own professional indemnity insurance. I do law in work as well. So I didn't have to do that 24 month period, but yet I could use, practically use my set in law. And I think that, that, I think that was a big thing. Like I really, cause I have no interest in corporate. Like one of my really good friends, he's actually um, a business partner of mine for the new business I'm starting. She has such a corporate head and she's so good at company law. It just goes like over my head. It's just, it's not my area of interest. So the thought of going in and doing seats in different kind of corporate um, firms, it just didn't appeal to me and now hilariously enough I did actually secure a traineeship um in KD line. so obviously that's like more kind of human rights family law children's law um but yeah I just I couldn't do it you really and like the best advice I can give to anyone listening that is like what do I do like, yes, you can obviously apply for all the work experience or the start days or the traineeships during the summer and get a hands-on experience of what a solicitor is like, but go down to the courts and shadow a barrister. And any barrister that you will contact will probably be like, obviously not during these times because the courts are closed, but regular times will be like, sure. Like I shadowed three barristers. They happen to work with us, but they gave me so much of their time and um, so I really got a hands-on experience at what it was actually like to be in court on your feet running around and seeing it just made me go yeah like this is what I want to do I do not want to be on the other side of it
0: you're the third barrister in three days to tell me that go to the courts and and shadow really back. yeah I spoke to a barrister on one day a judge yesterday and you today and they all gave that advice when I asked them for a piece of advice
1: yeah, like it's like a bug. Like I literally, I was watching it and I was like, it's, I think it's as well, it's when you're studying law, you get to actually see a practical application of, say you're doing admin law, go and watch a digital review and you will see everything that you've learned in administrative law in practice and um, and it's the same for like things like equity. Like when I was studying, I did not understand equity until I went to King's Inns. It just was over my head. And then I learned how to do the procedure behind it and what it practically means. And I was like, this makes so much sense. I was like, it's so straightforward. Like, but when you're learning it as a concept in college, it can often be really hard to visualize it in a practical context.
0: So would you say King's Inns lived up to your expectations, the glamour of becoming a barrister?
1: Yeah, and no. So like there is a mix of both. So I didn't do it full time. I did it part time. So we were, we were like in the trenches, we called ourselves at the weekend. We had just done a full week of full time employment. Some of us were working on other jobs, other people doing PhDs, like we all had different kind of commitments outside of INS. So it's a different experience to go in at the weekend Having so basically, I would essentially we would all work two weeks straight in a row because you do five days of work, two days intense, like nine till half five in Kings Inns. And then you'd go into another week of work, and then the following weekend you'd have off. But you wouldn't really have it off because you'd have to be doing like loads of prep work and stuff like that. But at the same time, the skill set that I learned is very vastly different to the skill set that you're taught in college. When you go into King's Inns and you step into the classroom, because you've all done the entrance exams, you're all expected to just know the law. And like, it sounds more terrifying than it is, but like, you won't sit there through class and go through like, towards principles of like duty of care. It'll be like, okay, what's the test? Okay, you're going to draft submissions based on that test and show how the duty of care was breached. So you it's a much more kind of different like at the start I was terrified of it and even though i had done loads of public speaking but you will not spend one weekend or one week depending on what route you go full or part-time not on your feet in a classroom even the most timid of public speakers will be fine in the end because you cannot avoid public speaking things like you'll just be called upon to just do a submission into course in class and it used to terrify me like it used to be like oh my god oh my god please don't pick me please don't pick me just because it was so new but once you get into it you're in the same class and we all became really good friends we were all like actually we don't care who prepared like this is going to be a joke like it was amazing in terms of the skill set that it it afforded me it was very tough because I was working full-time and part-time while doing ins and doing another project on the side and I made like friends for life as well and the other thing is like we do dining so we have to part-timers have to dine as well so sometimes it was nice to like finish on a Wednesday after work and then go down to the inns and be able to have like a three-course dinner with your mates if you all booked into the same dining other times you were just really tired and the thought of it just did not appeal to me I think I had a bit of both and I think that's because I did it part time and that was a choice I made. I'm happy that I did it part time. Yeah. Rather than doing it full time because it just allowed me to work throughout it. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's glamorous and you go to dining and you wear the gowns and get called to the bar and you wear the gown and the wig. But I did my exams last year. So you do 13 exams to, to qualifying in plus three mock trials but COVID broke out at like, when we just were about to start our exams. So we did all of our exams remotely. So, and like your exams were all practical. So like you've witnessed handling, Um, you have to um, cr- like do consultation with the client. So they bring in actors and actresses and you have to do consultation with the client. Um, you have to do submissions to the court, both civil and criminal. Um, Usually drafting exams, so like being on Zoom, say like we are now, you'd be an actress and I'd be cross-examining you, or examination in chief, depending on what what one we got in the exam. But that was that was very hard. Whereas if it had been in person, it's a bit more kind of. But yeah, no, I was on Zoom with just random strangers or consulting with someone about. I think we had like an assault charge or something. So consulting with someone on an assault charge over Zoom was 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 very odd. But um, yeah, like I, it, it does live up to the hype, but like it's a lot harder when you do part time.
0: You did a part time and you were working in Mercy Law Resource Centre. And then in 2018, you became a caseworker with them. So could you just explain to us what exactly it is you, you do there?
1: yeah so I started with Mercy in 2016 part-time just while I was doing because I was studying full-time in UCD and the contract was only for two years which is ideal but when I was coming to the end of my contract they then the the like the board renewed and offered me a full-time contract which was amazing so I do three things in Mercy mainly um so I'm a caseworker and administrator. So on the administration side, I head up the fundraising um, and the communications for the organisation. And then casework, I just do caseworks. We have casework meetings every two weeks, me and the solicitors. I write letters on behalf of clients to local authorities. I put briefs together for barristers, which is hilarious because I'm a barrister. but to, to, to get a, an opinion on a case, I do legal research. Yeah, it's essentially, it's because we've gone back and forth on like when I became qualified, we were like, well, do we change a title role or do we change? And, and like I was doing casework anyway, so it didn't really matter to me. Yeah, but it's nice to have the variety Um, to do kind of both. So each day will be vastly different. So today... This morning I was working on com stuff because I partnered, Mercy Law partnered with my business, which i which I've just started. And um, we're doing a really big fundraiser. So I was doing a lot of comms for that in the morning. And then up until our call, I was drafting a letter for a client to do with like the suitability of their current accommodation. So yeah, it's just very diverse.
0: You mentioned your business there, and it was actually what I was going to mention in the next question. Um, you already had a busy life going on, and then you founded Legal Diaries. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it to you to explain what Legal Diaries is.
1: Yeah, so um, Legal Diaries at the moment is a bit of a movable beast. Um, it was founded in 2019. Basically, Legal Diaries, the Instagram account began in 2019, I was kind of midway through doing the barrister law degree and I was getting a lot of kind of questions from people that were still in UCD about, how are you finding working full-time and doing INS? How are you finding this? Like, can you give any advice on this? Can you give us some advice on the entrance exams? And I was like, I don't have an atypical legal background. I didn't do law. I'm not doing INS full-time and I'm not gonna go down and practice. I knew, well, I will in about five years, but I had already kind of made the decision that I wasn't gonna go down straight away. So I just decided to start documenting it. Um, I knew one or two people in the UK that had like law accounts or law grams or whatever they're called in the community. So I just started to document it. And then in September, 2020, I was called to the bar, and I was like okay I've been close to the bar now what am I going to do with the legal diaries so I it, over time became more of a reflection of things I'm passionate about and one of them is sustainability so I was like okay well I want to bring out a product so I launched a stationary line and which is really exciting it's just a desk planner at the moment so I produced that and then I really passionate about sustainability so I started kind of promoting a lot of Irish businesses on my Instagram account and for Christmas of 2020 I did a huge ultimate Irish gift guide list which listed over 700 small Irish businesses um, across the country And I started to get loads of questions. People were like, oh, that's so cool. And then saw that I embarrassed her my title and started asking me like loads of legal questions because a lot of small Irish businesses just don't have that. So a friend and I, we started chatting and I obviously had the platform there and we decided that we would start a legal and communications consultancy service for small and medium enterprises and not for profits across Ireland so that's where we're at now um so this week we were due to fully launch the end of this month um, but the website has been completely uplifted um and we're in the process of finalizing incorporation which is terrifying but it's it's all exciting things that are happening so
0: that's amazing because I'm I'm studying company law at the minute and when I think of company law or just you know law applying to businesses I think of huge big international companies and public yeah. and we forget that there's thousands of startups and small businesses that probably is even more important to because it's just one man in a shop.
1: And they often like they don't have the resources to so say if you were yourself like a business and you wanted to grow and scale your business and you want to bring in employees, they probably don't have the funds to go to a solicitor and get someone to draft up employment contracts or even people like having an online presence. Like a lot of people won't have terms and conditions, disclaimers and privacy policies and cookies and stuff on their website. Even little things like that. So we've put together a whole suite of packages which are accessible and affordable that small businesses can access so yeah it's slightly terrifying but I'm glad I have my friend Ashing on board. What is it that personally motivates you in your career? I think helping people as weird as that saying so my passion the reason i got into law was through developmental work and i've done so i've been to kenya nicaragua and most recently i was in Lesbos, in greece in the refugee camps doing a social program over there and that is kind of where it came and like obviously i work in public sector and human human rights law at the moment and that's the area i work in so mercy law support people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness and um, through like legal advice representation and other services this, it's the same with the consultancy so I wanted I had a skill set that I wanted to leverage to support small Irish businesses across the country and it's the same with my platform like I'll never stop putting out content because my platform isn't about numbers it's about putting out like quality information and education and th- like that's what I want to kind of continue to do so if I can put out information that's useful to someone or educational for someone or will help someone, then that's what kind of motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing. And it's so funny because even the planners, the amount of people that I've got like someone put up a post today on Instagram to say they've used the planner for a week and like it's changed their life. And I was literally like, oh like that's my planner. But so I think that that is what motivates me. And it's it's probably a really kind of like Miss America answer, but but it. It's, it's true, though, and it's why I went into the area. And it's so funny because so many people, when they hear you're a barrister, so say family and stuff, um, they're always like, oh, my God, you're going to make millions. And I'm like, I'm the person who, like, if a poorer person came into the courts, I'd be like, I'll represent you. Like, don't need to pay me. Yeah, like that whole area I'd be interested in. And like strategic litigation. So litigation that has a really good, hopefully, outcome for that person, but has a positive knock-on effect for other vulnerable um, minority groups in society, so.
0: Um, My penultimate question is something I ask everyone, and it's if you were to give a piece of advice to, normally I'd say young lawyers, but in your case I'm going to say young entrepreneurs and young, (laughs) what what would it be?
1: Entrepreneur-wise would be just do it, because if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it sleep on something and don't do it someone else is just going to do it so and like make it work like you don't have to quit your job you can the amount of people go on tiktok like i ended up on small business tiktok i i caved my old self i caved and went on tiktok and um, I, I don't really post anything but For some reason, the algorithm on my For You page is just people starting small businesses. So in my head, I was like, this must be a sign. I'm definitely going to start my small business. So, yeah, I think just, just do it. Like, don't quit your life to do it. So continue doing your studies or continue... Uh, working full-time and just make it work most of us have gained two hours back in our day not commuting so use those two hours to work on your passion it might not be a business if it's you want to learn the piano or learn a new language just do it because like it's only going to improve you for the better and give you a learning experience and um, law law is not the really big, scary world that everyone thinks it is. Like a lot of people think you need to come from some legal dynasty to get into law and to be successful. Um, in my experience, that is not true. The most, the people who are most successful are, say for the courts, for example, the people who are most successful in the courts are the people who are there first thing in the morning on their feet the whole time might be running back and forth and looking busy, but aren't getting any briefs. But it's that kind of perception that they put out and then they become kind of successful. People see them having drive. Um, and it's also, particularly the bar, it's re- like everyone's always like, oh, it's this like old man's club that is completely like like I couldn't access to you. Like it has a lot of things wrong with it. And there are a lot of things that I want to see improve. It is a club that I am proud to be a part of. Like, I'll give you an example. So when you were called to the bar, um, you need to fill out this statement. And it basically means you're, you're ethical, you're above board, you're not absolutely crackers, you're grand to put into the bar. Um, so you have to fill it out and say like, you haven't had any charges against you and stuff and that you're an, a, an upstanding member of society. But you also need to get a senior council to do it and a bencher to fill it out. So I knew a few senior council through work. So I contacted one of them. She is now she herself is crackers, but I love the woman like a shadow to her, and um, she's senior council and she is so giving up her time. And I was like to her, I was like, but I don't know any benchers. Um, like an a is someone who's been who's been called the the, the bench the inns and uh, I was like, I don't know any benchers, And this was like mid COVID. I was like, how am I gonna figure out who's a bencher During mid COVID, she called me, we had a phone call, you're given a list of benchers, So we went through the list. She was like, oh, I know her and I know her and I know him. And then she was like, sure look, I need to drop something over to so-and-so. I will, I think it's better if I personally introduce you, like go with the form myself to get it filled out and signed for you. And have a chat with her about you then me just emailing her and asking her so in like the midst of Covid she went out of her way to go over to this person's house to get them to sign a form for me so I could be called to the bar and like that will forever stick with me because she didn't have to do that she could have just been like oh I signed your form on your way but people will go out of their way and any person that I ever interact with at the bar when I'm like oh I don't know if I'm gonna like come down and practice all the females are like you're coming down to practice it's not a case of if a case of like when so it's it, it is an old man's club with a lot of issues but it's a club that I'm proud to be part of and if you just knock on the door someone will give you advice or let you shadow them or the amount of like barristers that we work with and work that are like, oh, we must go for coffee, or if you need any notes or anything when you're doing ins, just let me know. And I'm like, oh my God, like everyone's so nice.
0: <laughs> um, I know I said that was my second last question, but I'm just wondering what's the gender balance at the bar these days?
1: Oh, I'd say it's pretty, pretty. I actually don't know the exact brainchain and I don't want to be like, well, oh, it was me for anyone listening. Um, it's definitely a lot harder being a female down at the bar. And I've seen that through friends who have gone, who are ahead of me, so who've deviled and are in practice now. For one, because you're self-employed, you don't get maternity leave. So the amount of female barristers that I've spoken to you that are like, oh, you plan your, your life around the, the legal diary because you if you think of it, if you were self-employed and you've all these barristers or all these solicitors briefing you for these cases um and they find out they describe it as and they find out that you're going to be potentially out for x amount of months for maternity leave they're just not going to brief you so they're always like well we've stayed we like women will stay on their feet in court until they're like nearly giving birth like in the courtroom like they won't and they'll plan like life events so if they want to get married they'll plan their life event around the legal diary or and other such and such things um and even like i i've seen friends who males be treated better down at the bar by senior bar members than um females i know would so they would have been handed off briefs even though the female was was clearly like is clearly the better one and the male might have been a bit of a dossier but and like and it's not all bad like I think the women all have each other's backs at the same time so like I've seen kind of women step in for each other if they've had like we had a barrister rebriefed he was he was pregnant at the time and just another barrister stepped in we were in for mention for a case and another barrister just stepped in at the very last minute because the other one had to head up For, like, some antenatal appointment or something. I think they all have each other's backs, but it is definitely a lot harder to be a female down at the bar. But don't let that deter you because, if anything, it should make you want to bang on the door harder and like increase the amount of females. And we shouldn't have to work two years for free essentially while paying our law library fees. We technically now can form chambers, but no one is going to go up against the bar council and form a chambers. So there's a lot of things that needs to to change and it will be slow to come but don't let that deter you from from entering the profession now especially as a female
0: and then my last question is something it's a tradition on the grad life podcast and don't feel like i think on the legal series there's this pressure when i ask this question that they recommend something like big huge law textbook but i'm going to ask you for a book recommendation
1: legal wise the best book I have ever read from a practical context is the Devil's, the Devil's Advocate it basically talks you through everything in bite-sized pieces and like it was literally one of my bibles for ins. Another book um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is a really good book in terms of like mindset and, and getting your head in the game if you want that's not like a a legal legal book sorry I'm I'm recommending a whole library to people um the if you want a good perception of what it's like to be a female down at the courts and a barrister Sarah Langford in her defense um or in your defense um really good book I actually I recorded a podcast with her not so long ago um and that's due to be obscene but she is just so down to earth and she laments the kind of same experiences that we would have as females down in in the bar in the UK and yeah it's it And it, she works in criminals so she doesn't work in like a a nice area of law so she's doing like legal aid cases and stuff so yeah no definitely um those those would be my my three
0: thank you Danielle for chatting to me it was really insightful and I really enjoyed talking to you about everything that's going on in your life um (laughs) I should just tell our listeners that I think they should all follow legal diaries on Instagram. So it's a, it's handle is at legal and it's a really great page for not just legal tips and career tips, but for lifestyle tips as well. So thank you again, Danielle. So much.
1: Yeah. We're doing just before um, you finish up, we're doing um, an adulting series at the moment. So anyone who wants to know about like mortgages and pensions and all those doom and gloom topics, I'm currently trying to do all that stuff so I decided to bring all my followers along with me so yeah it's exciting but thanks so much for having me. No problem thanks for being here.